you know, some mornings, you know, you have to look around to find things to speak on, on on sports, whether it be local or around the country or even the world. Well, this morning, there's a lot to talk about this morning. And big WNBA uh, opener yesterday. Mark Davis uh, didn't know what to do. He owns both the uh, Aces uh, of Las Vegas and the Raiders. Oh, yeah. And not only that, but the Saints, you know, I I was thinking ho-hum Saints, uh, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. through the three quarters. And uh, Winston just... uh, I just did that. I'm going, man, this is the same guy that lit it up on that one drive, you know, against the Chargers. Uh, well, he lit it up in the fourth quarter, and uh, the Saints come back. You know, the, I saw on Twitter all through the afternoon after the game that uh, the Saints now are going to use uh, uh, the old 26-10 uh, instead of the 28-3 yep, yep. against the Falcons. So, uh, Saints uh, with uh, – uh, Jameis Winston, uh, I think he completed something like a 13 uh, out of 16 passes in the uh, uh, second half for 216 yards and two touchdowns to Michael Thomas and the Saints. Get a 51-yard field goal from Lutz. Boy, could we used him last year as they beat off the uh, – the uh, birds, the Falcons, twenty-seven, twenty-six, and uh, although uh, he nailed it when he needed to, uh, missed a couple did, of early right. uh, chip shots. He did that. He did, uh, and Koo tries a uh, six. Was it sixty-three yarder uh, to tie uh, Tom Dempsey for the second longest field goal in NFL history, and uh, it's blocked by the number one pick from last year. Hasn't a Denver Bronco beaten? Yes, there was beaten. I think yeah. they have a. I think it's a sixty-four, sixty-five yarder. Yeah, uh, is now the record. But uh, Dempsey, I think, is still number two in that regard. But Ku's uh, kick is blocked, and the Saints rejoice. And uh, uh, boy, they looked lethargic, uh, though, Jeff. No, three no quarters. doubt. Uh, it was uh, a game that uh, you're wondering uh, what it would take, and it just looked like uh, the Falcon quarterback. Uh, just whatever he wanted to do, it looked like uh, he was able, he was successful. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, who Patterson, thought Marcus Mariota? That's right. And Patterson runs for 120 yards. I mean, he looked like uh, 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 the, the young man from San Francisco and Samuels, uh, uh, as he was just uh, anything he wanted to do was uh, was great. But I tell you one thing: the Saints did do. Their defense in the red zone is still really good, and that's what saved the game for the Saints uh, yesterday was their defense in the red zone. They come away 27-26. It's always nice to beat a division rival and put a one-up on the board and uh, elsewhere in the division. uh, Well, well, welcome back, Michael Thomas, too. Boy, you're not kidding. It was kind of quiet. And Jarvis Landry made a couple big catches for the Saints. Yeah. in that regard, uh, along with Alave uh, with the two-point conversion that uh, this morning I read somewhere that uh, that was a play they installed Ohio, one of Ohio State's two-point plays. So uh, familiar with that. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, Saints, uh, you know, didn't run the ball real effective early in the game. Kamara had a so-so game. I don't know if he even uh, gained 50 yards in that game uh, yesterday uh, with his offense and all. But uh, the Saints uh, – Win when they have to, and uh, what more can you say? As uh, Winston's 23 out of 34, 269 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. That's uh, a plus. Hill, of course, uh, early in the game, Hill kind of got off on that big 57-yard run and then scores later on. He had four carries for 81 yards. Kamara, nine for 39. Ingram, four for 22. Ran hard at times when he had the opportunity. 
Winston had two carries for nine yards. Landry, seven catches, 114 yards, and uh, he was targeted nine times. Had a 40, that big 40-yard catch right there on the sideline was uh, really what got the Saints going, I felt. And Thomas, uh, five catches, 57 yards, two scores. Uh, Johnson, uh, two for 43. Olave, three for 41. Uh, Kamara, three for seven. Hardy, one for four. Hill, one for two. And Ingram, one for one. Then uh, Lutz, two for three on field goals. Hit, did hit a 51-yarder when it counted. Uh, of course, he hit uh, his extra point attempts. Uh, only tried once since the Saints went for two twice in the game. Tell you what, the punter, 54-yard uh, average on five kicks, his long being 59. So, uh did a fine job. Werner had 12 tackles in that game along with May. Well, I thought for a while the Saints' safeties just weren't doing a good job. And uh, the uh, Roby was also getting beat a lot, too, early in the game. And uh, uh, elsewhere in Lattimore with this crazy, stupid, uh, and it is, was stupid foul at the mm-hmm. end of the game that allowed Atlanta a 15-yard uh, penalty yeah. to at least uh, attempt a 60 uh three-yard field goal no no doubt about it no doubt i i was uh, stretched a little yesterday uh, had a big fundraiser at the quarter tavern for st right. francis and uh, thanks to everyone who contributed yesterday morning enjoying tk hewlin uh, along with steve adams and his four-piece trio and then uh, that led into the game uh, but i had the bear game on as well did you see any highlights uh, from I the Chicago did, I game? Did, I did see. Uh, and, and I'm really only bringing it up. Nice comeback victory for the Bears, too. Um, you know, the two games seemingly paralleled a little bit there, and the, the Bears pulled away. Yeah, scored 12 points in the final period. But in like a foot of rain. Yeah, I saw Brand new turf at Soldier Field, and I thought it was going to be destroyed on game one. But uh, a lot of slipping and sliding, uh, and, and that favored the Bears game. Herbert had a nice game running the ball, and... Unfortunately for the Giants and uh, Erath native uh, Elijah Mitchell, uh, he was not in that game. Kittle wasn't in the game. George Kittle uh, for San Francisco goes. So uh, the Bears had uh, uh, maybe a little bit more depth uh, because of those injuries. Yeah, I saw it. Didn't Debo Samuel score on a a rushing touchdown earlier? So he's up to his uh, uh, usual uh, variety of running and catching the football. And uh, a buddy of mine was celebrating because he had him on fantasy. And I'm like, <laughs> I look at him. I'm like, excuse me. Yeah, I, I hear you. I had him last year. He did a great job for me. Finished third in my league uh, in that regard. But uh, you're right. Uh, the Bears uh, pull out a game uh, late. Uh, I was trying to notice uh, in the game that. Uh, my two-lane connection, Moody only had one catch. He was targeted three times for eight yards. So they, they were thinking he'd have a breakout year for the Bears, too, uh, in that regard. He's probably the fastest Bear receiver. I know he ran a 4-3 in the combine two years ago. Uh, elsewhere, the games that kind of – well, Pittsburgh beats uh, Cincinnati uh, late in the game. That kind of surprised me. Well, but, not uh, when Joe Burrow throws two pick sixes, uh, turns the ball over a total of four times in the first half, and – a fifth time in the second half. Uh, no real surprise that they lost that game. But uh, he'll, 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 he'll improve on he, that. He will, but four picks in the game, too, yeah. uh, he throws. Uh, elsewhere, the Eagles hold off the, the Lions. Uh, Miami disposes of New England. And I didn't realize that's the fourth time Miami's beaten New England. Of course, New England left uh, Tom Brady. Uh, Baltimore puts it on the Jets 24-9. Washington over Jacksonville 28-22. And Jacksonville made a late run 
at the Commanders. Also, uh, Cleveland beats uh, their former quarterback at Carolina in Mayfield, uh, 26-24. It's always nice to see those division teams lose. So the Saints are in first place, tied with Tampa, who disposed of the Cowboys last night, 19-3. And I'm pretty sure Zach Thomas is out for a while. I mean, Zach Dak, uh, Dak, Dak Prescott. Prescott is out for a while. Three to four weeks, probably. Yeah, with a thumb injury, I do believe, on his throwing hand. Uh, Chargers hold off Vegas. Uh, Kansas City just unloads on Arizona. So, uh, boy, Mahomes went off yesterday throwing five touchdown passes. And uh, I think a little surprise here. Uh, of course, last year the Packers started off. The Saints beat them 38-3 to as uh, they go down to the Vikings in Minnesota 23-7. to Justin Jefferson having a great game. He uh, did. The former LSU Tigers still wearing that purple and gold. And, um, looked like he is in uh, pre-midseason form uh, in that first game. Yeah, nine catches for 184 yards, two touchdowns, targeted nine times. I mean, 11 times uh, with nine catches. So uh, uh, pro football is here to stay, folks, for the next, uh, oh, we could say about four months. 17 more months. weeks. Yeah. And, well, and all, that's the regular season. Yeah, and then the playoffs. So uh, anyway, uh, college football around the state. Of course, the Tigers uh, – uh, just annihilate. They did uh, what they should have done. Yeah, Southern Jaguars, fifty-one. But, but did nothing. it early and often. Man. Yeah, at halftime. Yeah, just, uh, just, uh, just the the talent between the two schools is just huge. Uh, the Cajuns, uh, boy, they they down fourteen nothing at half, and I think there was a lightning delay in that game. That yeah, there held was it something, up, yeah. That that held it up as uh, the Cajuns were down, but then the Cajuns. Put up 21 points in the uh, third quarter to tie the game and then just blew out East, uh, Eastern Michigan uh, 49-21 as uh, Coach uh, Mike Desimo used two quarterbacks in that game. Looks like he might have pulled Chandler and then put in uh, Woolridge and uh, then brought Chandler back. So uh, uh, the Cajuns uh, with a big win. So uh, they keep their streak going. I think they have the longest winning streak they in do. college football yes. right now. Uh, with I think it's, uh, what, number uh, 15? 15. Yeah. Is that correct? And another uh, news, Nebraska fires Scott Frost <laughs> after they get beat. You know, after losing to Northwestern in Ireland, a couple of uh, weird play calls, a uh, bad decision on an onside kick. And there were some off-season issues, too. I'm trying to remember exactly yeah. what they were that uh, almost didn't bring him back to start the season. And then he starts 0-3. Uh, nobody's 0-3 uh, this year except for her. I'm pretty sure uh, Nebraska, who's played every week during the season so far. But, uh, yeah, it, it, not a big shock uh, considering where they are and where they had been. Yeah, and uh, in that regard, Scott Frost, for you uh, folks, he had a lot of success at Central Florida. They went 13-0 and his final yeah. year there. And, of course, they claimed the national championship and all. I think they finished somewhere in the top ten in college football that year. Uh, and they bring him back. He was the starting quarterback in Nebraska maybe 20 years ago or so. And, uh, of course, Scott Frost looking for a job this morning. And, you know, Nebraska, just to show how angry they were, if they would have waited to October 1st to fire him, they'd have saved $8 million. Oh, man. Uh, you know, his from his like buyout. 15. Yeah, and so if they had waited to October 1st, but the impatience of the hierarchy. Uh, Oklahoma's Nebraska, coming up. Yeah, that's right. This week, that's right. Uh, not sure. It used who's to be a big rivalry. Not doesn't have quite the luster it once had. Yeah, but. due to uh, Nebraska a few years ago moving on to the Big Ten and uh, leaving uh, the Pac-12 or the uh, Big Twelve. So of course Oklahoma will be leaving the Big Twelve shortly too. 
Uh, but Scott Frost, the first casualty in the college football season that I am aware of. And uh, elsewhere, high school scores, uh, Jeff, around the uh, the area, uh, as Nish wins their first game, they take out Sam Houston 35-14. to Westgate downs uh, Lake Charles College Prep 20-12. to Lorville with a big win over to Quincy, 39-2. to Generette, they top Morgan City, 26-6. to Good, good t- thing for the Tigers. Delco ha- loses a tough one to Hanson Memorial, 45-31. Uh, elsewhere, West St. Mary gets, gets palmated by uh, Catholic High Point Capi. I believe it was uh, 57 to, I believe, 3. Uh, in that regard, a 57 nothing maybe. Uh, it's my, I'm checking my, my notes here. Elsewhere, Catholic High uh, is driving for a tying touchdown, and uh, a pick six uh, sets them back, and they get beat by Parkview Baptist up in Baton Rouge, 21-7. to Elsewhere, um, Erath downs uh, North Vermillion, uh, 24. I uh, forgot that score there. But I think it was 24 nothing. Elsewhere, St. Martinville, they put up a good fight to the Pios in Notre Dame. They're 14-14, and uh, Notre Dame scores three in the second half to win 35-14. Highland Baptist with a big win, Jeff. They knock off Hamilton uh, Christian, 52-14. to So hats off to the uh, – to uh, the the Bears over and on the uh, north side of town as they take down uh, trying to find some other scores here uh, locally. Uh, VC, who looks like they beat Catholic High uh, the week before, thirty to nothing. They hand Ascension Episcopal a forty-eight to twenty-four loss. Doubled so, up uh, on them. Yeah, they sure did. Not only that, uh, VC might have one of the better teams in the area. So we're looking at that right now. Uh, Elsewhere uh, in uh, college football, too. Uh, any surprises there, Jeff? Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the upsets uh, through the course of uh, the games. Uh, yeah, Texas A&M goes down. How's mm-hmm. that one? You know, uh, uh, look at the Sun Belt. Uh, they had a huge weekend uh, upset there at Texas A&M, Appalachian State, and then um, – Marshall beats Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, that's come right. on. At, at South Notre Bend, Dame. that's yeah. right. At South Bend, uh, in that regard, uh, Notre just, Dame is zero three too. Come to think, that's of that. right. Yeah. They sure are. They sure are. I'm uh, just looking at scores around the top. How about the Alabama Texas? You know, I kept telling people last week, oh, Texas man. is going to give Alabama all they want, and a lot of people don't realize that as long Texas and Alabama have been playing off and on for many years, and it go, their rivalry goes all the way back to the turn of the 20th century or the beginning of the 20th century. Alabama has beaten. I think they played eight or nine times. Alabama has beaten Texas one time before the game last Saturday, and that was for the national championship in 2010 for Saban's first national championship uh, in 2010. And uh, other than that, I saw Texas beat Alabama in Cotton Bowl. I saw them beat them in the Orange Bowl with Joe Namath. I saw them beat – they just – what I don't understand, Alabama just has a tough time with Texas. And Texas, as we know, has kind of been down the last few years. Uh, I don't even think they had a winning record last year. No, they didn't. They were 5-7 and last year. But they Their starting get, quarterback goes down early. That's right. And they still uh, compete. They hang around. I'm telling you, a couple of uh, calls to uh, Alabama was penalized more in that game than any other game under Nick Saban. But the refs still blew two obvious ones that could have affected the game. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you saw the play where the safety wasn't called uh, in the end zone uh, when he was clearly uh, down in the end zone or. 
It should have been um, intentional grounding in the end zone. That's a safety. Uh, terrible, terrible call. After they initially called uh, 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 roughing, but also um, what's targeting, yes. targeting, and they they overturned those, which they were correct to do, because the guy didn't even hit him with his helmet. Didn't even he barely brushed against him, and it was the worst targeting call, which it was properly reversed, but it was still a ridiculously bad call. But but again, no safety, and that could have been the difference in the game. But you're right about that. Uh, it made it would made Alabama go for a touchdown, lieu of a field goal late in the game. Alabama, as you mentioned about penalties, had 15 penalties in the game for 100 yards. That I'll just tell you right there. Don't know if the crowd. I'm trying to remember what uh, that stadium holds. The Dowell Stadium. I think it holds close to 100,000 fans. But, but not enough room for the band. Yeah, a lot of burnt orange up in the stands. I can assure uh, you. Alabama's band didn't make the trip because, <laughs> and and we remember the last time LSU played there, they stuck the band way up in the nosebleed section, right. last couple of rows, and. Alabama said, no, we're not going to bring our band if that's what you're going to do to us. <laughs> the only thing in that game that they didn't have, they didn't have a turnover in that game with Alabama and Texas. Uh, at Texas, uh, uh, Alabama outgained about three yards, 374 to 371. Passing Alabama, 213 yards. Of course, the, the current Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Young, had a, had a rough day. But uh, Alabama only rushes for 161 yards. Texas, 79. But they throw for 292 with a backup quarterback, when you think about it. Uh, first downs, Texas had 25 to 16 for Alabama. Alabama, 5 out of 15 on third down, 1 for 2 on fourth down. Texas was only 3 out of 12. That might be part of the game there. They didn't try uh, to convert any fourth down uh, uh, with regards to that. And uh, each team had uh, multiple sacks. Alabama had 2 for 15, Texas 3 for 28. And uh, each team uh, punted uh, Alabama six times, Texas five. So uh, pretty much the game. And uh, just an interesting ball game yesterday in that regard, too, Jeff. So, uh, anyway, uh, we're, just, uh, we're just about due to bring uh, head football coach Ryan Antoine on in the next few moments. Any uh, closing remarks before we take our first break? Just uh, we're talking about high school uh, football. We've got two games this week. That's right. Catholic High is at Ewerath Thursday night. And then um, we'll have Highland Baptist Friday night as they host St. John of Plaquemine. Yeah, which uh, should be an interesting game, too. Uh, the Bears are playing pretty good football. They put up 52 points uh, last Friday night, so uh, hats off to them. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and take our first break, and uh, our next uh, interview will be Coach uh, Ryan Antoine from the Westgate Tigers, who had a big win uh, over the weekend over uh, Sam Hughes, I mean, excuse me, over uh, Lake Charles College Prep. We'll be back with him. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand-new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices, along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. 
Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions, and you can apply right now at Danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Looking to get Coach Ryan Antoine on the air with us. They had a big win uh, last Friday night as they beat uh, Lake Charles College Prep by a score of 20-12. to 12. And at one time, Jeff, I do believe that score was – they were all tied up, so Westgate uh, – Scores late in the game, pretty late in the game, I do believe, as they go on to beat uh, Lake Charles College Prep by uh, 8, uh, 20 to 12. And uh, trying to see if we can't get uh, Coach Antoine. He, he let me know as soon as announcements are finished, he okay. will call. Yeah, he, I believe one time we yeah. had him on, and the, the speaker in the background were announcing uh, certain situations, I guess, over at the school. It was so, rather loud. Yeah. Uh, so I appreciate Coach Antoine uh, holding off on that. Yeah, so they win a big game, too. Lake Charles College Prep is a fine team, too. Uh, they went pretty far into the playoffs last year, if my memory recalls that. Uh, and so Westgate uh, – and Westgate had scrimmaged them, what, uh, maybe – Two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the teams were familiar with each other in that regard. And uh, a 12-12 game uh, where Westgate scores late in the game, uh, you mentioned maybe as late as 40 seconds were left to play in the game as they score to beat uh, Lake Charles College Prep 20-12. to 12. They must have went for two if they scored a touchdown uh, late is all I can see, not unless they got a safety late no, in the I'm, game. No, it, it was a touchdown late, uh, and we'll talk about it with Coach Antoine in just a little bit. But again, um, we do welcome your calls at 367-1240, but we'll a- ask that you uh, wait till we get off the line with Coach Antoine. Yes. Uh, anyway, Coach um, uh, waiting for those, uh, I guess, the announcements to go through the system at uh, Westgate High School, uh, where Principal Neely, I believe, Moore is uh, the principal there uh, in that regard. So, uh, anyway, Jeff, uh, uh, college uh, football, uh, what a weekend. It's just the beginning, too. It's the second weekend of college football, uh, trying to see where uh, our two teams, local teams, of course, the Tigers uh, Mississippi State, they yeah. get back into it big time. Yeah, they sure do. And the Cajuns, uh, trying to see where the Cajuns, uh, who they will be uh, 
I think they're on the road too this weekend. Uh, yeah, they go to Rice. Mm. They take on Rice in Houston. So uh, uh, in that regard, Rice had a big win too uh, over the weekend. Uh, they beat somebody pretty handily too. And I, I, I want to say it was, I think it was Magnese they uh, took down over the weekend. Uh, with uh, a score, I think Rice had scored somewhere in the vicinity of 40 or 50 points, too, against the uh, Cowboys uh, over the weekend, uh, as I'm Googling to to see if I could find that score somewhere uh, with regards to my uh, notice here. But uh, Jeff, uh, Coach Antoine, and uh, the Tigers uh, are now 2-0, and uh, they've got a big game coming up this week, too, in that regard. I'm trying to... uh, see who they take on uh, this weekend. The Westgate Tigers uh, will take on Evangel Christian up yeah, there. Up, up north. But, uh, you know, I, I need to make a correction. Uh, I okay. said Notre Dame was 0-3. I, I misread a headline. All right. Marcus Freeman is the first Notre Dame coach to begin 0-3. He coached in the bowl game last year. Oh, okay. All so right. they are 0-2 on the season, but uh, he is 0-3 as head coach going back to last year. Oh wow! So yeah, uh, I found the scores. Rice beat McNeese fifty-two to ten last week, uh, uh, this past weekend. As uh, uh, the the Cowboys had a rough time, as uh, Rice basically jumped on them uh, pretty early. It was thirty-one nothing at halftime, and uh, Cowboys scored ten in the third. Uh, Rice answers with fourteen in the third, and along with seven for a fifty-two to, uh, and they threw. Uh, they threw for almost 300 yards that uh, Rice did over in the Rice Stadium. And in that line, Rice was only favored by seven and a half points. So, uh, anyway, Cowboys start off with a rough weekend here in state. Elsewhere, Jeff, uh, <clears throat> some of our local teams, Tulane beat uh, Alcorn State 52 to nothing. Uh, I'm trying to see uh, Nichols. Uh, Nick, I'm trying to remember who Nichols played this weekend. Uh, they were at uh, UL Monroe. Yeah, and they they were beaten pretty good too. I think. Uh, I'd imagine. I um, I was, I, I made reference to this during Tush Matters. I got a call uh, after the show, this show Friday morning, and they needed uh, someone to broadcast that game for the Nickel State uh, Radio Network. And I thought it was uh, interesting because the last time I did a Nickel State UL Monroe game, they were Northeast Louisiana at the time. All right. Uh, on the drive back uh, we were not listening to the radio we were listening to tapes or uh, cds whatever the case was and then i get back to thibodeau and find out that princess diana had died in that crash oh okay and then here you got queen elizabeth passing away earlier last week and then uh, i get a call wanting me to go to monroe to call a nickel state game again and i thought the timing was just uh, weird yeah monroe beat uh, nickel state 35 7 hopefully that's uh, coach antoine we'll check it out uh, let's go to the phones hi you're in the air hey jeff how you doing let's go hey coach thanks so much for calling in and appreciate your waiting for those announcements i know a couple of weeks ago it was kind of loud there in the background but uh, again congratulations on the win since we spoke Saturday, uh, watching the film, what did you uh, learn more about your team? Uh, you know that we, we played hard. Uh, you know, we still we still you know pretty got some youth in in, some, in a lot of areas, and we you know we had to play six freshmen on Friday, so that uh you know, but they all played hard, they all stepped up, and we just found a way to get through the game. So it was a great you know great team effort. Uh, played against a good ball club in Lake Charles College Prep. 
uh, and came in with the, with, with the strong win. So definitely proud of our guys for like, finding a way to win that game. Pretty much a back-and-forth game uh, until the end there. Uh, break it down, the key plays uh, that led to your scores. <clears throat> uh, like I say, Dedrick Latulis, who played for us, had a, had a big game, uh, had a touchdown called back. Actually, at the beginning of the game, uh, that that was that would have been big for us, but came back and scored again for us on the on, on the pass from Jabari Antoine. <clears throat> uh, we they scored on us to start off the game, and then we scored in the second quarter. Um, then it was six six going to half. We we think it pretty much should have been twenty four to nothing. Uh, you know, at half we should have been up, but we just kind of gave up some big things early on, gave up a fake punt that uh, that allowed for a score for them, and then um, missed two field goals and. Uh, well, missed two extra points and missed the field goal as well with the touchdown we did score. We should have easily felt that we should have been up 24 nothing at half. Uh, then came back, uh, Amaz Eugene scored for us. Uh, we put him at quarterback and he broke a big run for us and scored. Then came back and scored on the fourth down <clears throat> on us. And it was 12-12 with about, about a minute something left. And, uh, we, we put Derek Williams back there at quarterback for us and, he broke a big run, uh, you know, to kind of steal the game for us. But defense played well. We was 8% on third down, made four big red zone stops as well. So game could have went, went either way, but guys stepped up and made plays and proud of our guys for you know, the way they played. You know, last year you depended on uh, a few different quarterbacks as well. Is that by design or because of uh, circumstances? Uh, pretty much by design, uh, we kind of try to put different guys in different situations around here. Uh, we feel like, you know, we, we, we're so versatile, you know, and what we do offensively that we can put different guys that give us different match issues, you know, to try to help us out, you know. So that's kind of some things that we try to do now to try to give ourselves a chance to, you know, to be better in certain situations and whatever matchup calls for it. We just try to do a good job of teaching our guys how to get in these situations and just try to maximize it. Uh, Coach Tony Landry, Coach, uh, how would the weather? Uh, did uh, the field hold up, and uh, were many slips uh, during your game? And uh, did you have to play in any rain at all uh, last uh, Friday night? Uh, no, fortunately, you know it didn't rain at all. You know we had great weather. You know wind was blowing. I mean the humidity wasn't bad, so you know it was, it was a great atmosphere for a great Friday night game. And uh, also, uh, how'd you come out of the game uh, injury-wise? Your team pretty healthy, other than like we call it bumps and bruises that you get throughout the course of the game. Yeah, we got you know pretty much minor bumps and bruises, but I mean you know everybody pretty much came out healthy. I mean like that is, it was a, it was a tough fought game. I mean anybody that got went that came to the game, it was a realized it was, you know it was a good show between you know two top quality you know high school football teams in the state. So. You know, with guys, you know, probably had about five or six Division One players on from both sides on uh, on the field. So it was just a great ball game and great players and great coaches. There you go, Coach. Uh, you've had a few days to digest the Evangel film. Uh, tell us about uh, the upcoming trip and what you expect from Evangel Friday night. Uh, you know, Evangel's getting back to their you know to their old old ways. I mean, they're, they're a strong ball club. Uh, played Neville uh, eight nothing. It was never ate nothing, uh, and that was you know always a powerhouse in our state. Uh, and it was, it was a pretty, it was a sloppy game. Rain was pretty bad, but you know, held their own. Um, and then like they they beat Mansfield this past week. Uh, quarterbacks real good. Have a real good receiver who's an all-state receiver as, as a sophomore. Uh, defensive line is pretty much their strongest part of their team. You can tell that you know they they're doing some great things. Coach Duran, you know, came back and he's got those boys back rolling. So we definitely have to go out there. Play a great ball game, you know, to better come up with a win.
There you go. Anything the fans uh, should know uh, if they're planning on heading up north uh, on Friday? And I think you mentioned a stadium change. Right, yes. We're going to be playing at Bossier High School. Uh, the admission for the game will be $10. So we're going to play at 7 o'clock at Bossier, and it'll be $10 for the game. Real good. Coach, I know we talked about it Saturday morning. I uh, had a chance to talk uh, about it with most of the coaches we had on Saturday morning, but the LHSAA and um, rolling out the news Friday afternoon that you guys would be playing in Division One of four divisions now in non-select football. Yeah, like I told you, my, my, my view is still the same one, and LHSAA is a joke, you know, uh, that, that they go put us, you know, in the middle of a season – you know, moving us up. I mean, us playing whoever does it is, isn't isn't our issue. It's, you know, we never had a chance to prepare for trying to get, you know, our schedule together and to try to get our ball points and everything else. If that's the case, if you want to play in a higher division, let us let us pick our games, let us, you know, get out of these districts and that way we can be, you know, play formidable opponents to where we can be ready for that. So, you know, when you make a decision based upon, you know, your own logic and it's not based upon the principles, we pretty much, you know, I got I got an issue with it that you could just move people in the middle of the season and just tell them where they got to go and they got to deal with it. But, you know, it is what it is. We can't, you know, complain about it. We got to play. We got to be ready. And, you know, we're going to do whatever we got to do to get ready. I know uh, of the six or seven coaches I've talked to since, I think maybe it's not over that uh, lawsuits could be involved, uh, that some way the principals still may have a voice in this. But in the meantime, uh, you're right, you just got to, Play who you uh, are scheduled to play. Yeah, we definitely got to do that. I sure hope somebody, you know, does something about this, you know, because, you know, and I just, I feel so sorry for our other sports. I mean, mm. football-wise, I think I think we can kind of play, you know, with, with anybody. But, you know, it's our, about our baseball teams, our basketball teams, you know, our softball, volleyball, you know, those are my those are my issues, you know, where, you know, being that athletic director where you got to look at these coaches that where who've been playing certain games and playing certain things, and all of a sudden you just want to change everything. You know, in the middle of the season without even talking to anybody, you just, you know, you just at their mercy. So that's the, that's the aggravating part about it, you know, Jeff and Tony. But, I mean, it's just we got to deal with it. There you go. Yeah. And, again, uh, we're number one uh, right now, Evangel. Uh, take them one game at a time, Coach. Yeah, definitely. That's all we're going to do, take one game at a time. And who knows, we may be in Division 12 by, uh, by next week. So, who knows. <laughs> Well, Coach, again, thanks for joining us on these Monday mornings as well as uh, Saturday. If it's not uh, too late of an arrival home, we'll still look for you Saturday morning. All right. Appreciate you guys. All right. Take thank care. you, Coach. Good luck. Ryan Antoine, head coach at Westgate. And, true, I, I, along with the De Quincey coach, uh, you know, the five or six coaches I talked to Saturday morning, all kind of shaking their heads. And, and I asked the question, it was – one thing to make the announcement when they did, we knew it was going to come in mid to late September. Actually, it's a little earlier than yes. they originally mentioned. Um, they talked about September 21st or 22nd for an announcement. So at least it was a little earlier. But I thought it was such a crappy thing to do to dump it on a Friday afternoon. These coaches have enough to get ready for in their games that they didn't need to get that email and then uh, sit there and say, okay, where did we land in all this? And uh, take away from prep time uh, by having to pour over this on uh, Friday afternoon when, again, X's and O's should have been the, the most important thing. And obviously the coach, you know, uh, five of six uh, area teams won, 
Uh, so it didn't distract them uh, too much as far as winning ball games, but I just thought it was a crappy thing. Well, also, too, do you know of any schools that were successful in their 26. That, that many they listed in the press release? Including Southside, which we thought, oh, yeah, that's right. which we o- thought would have the best case at, at an appeal. And honestly, though, beyond uh, Southside, I didn't really take a look. The other Lafayette schools still select, uh, and I didn't check out. I'm sure it's one of the bigger parishes that must have appealed and had a bunch because uh, it wasn't. It was more parishes and those school districts appealing the parish as a whole than individual teams. That's right, and uh, we'll talk about that during the course of the week too. We've got a. We've got the, the printout of uh, who was uh, remained in select uh, and who uh, were able to appeal and move and stay, I should say, in non-select. So we'll talk about that a lot uh, later on during the week. Uh, and it's interesting. And sure, as we have the coaches on, get their feelings and what some of their uh, – uh, rival coaches think about maybe some of the appeals that uh, weren't approved. So uh, pretty interesting, too, Jeff. Uh, and it looks like and we saw the playoff brackets, too, were basically printed out uh, between 28 and 24 teams in each one of those particular uh, divisions. Non-select will play 28-team uh, bracket and select a 24-team bracket. Yeah, so the old 32-team bracket is gone. is gone. So you'll have four teams get a buy in week number one of the non-select and then uh, eight teams with a buy in week number one during select games. Yes, and uh, of the approximately 400 uh, high schools that play uh, football here in the state, uh, they pretty much divided it pretty – it remained pretty even up, too, in that regard. So it will go a long way in the playoffs. And I think coaches were just tired of seeing one in nine and two in eight teams make the playoffs. And uh, with the – I guess they – having the – uh, variety of putting a lot of non-select teams into select to kind of even things out, which they were trying to do. And, uh, of course, still some people, uh, as Coach Antoine said, uh, he's uh, not in favor of what he's seeing and taking place for his Tigers at uh, Westgate. You know, I did talk to Artie Laoza at Delcom, and we'll hopefully talk to him again on Wednesday. But he's uh, one guy who uh, may not have loved the way the whole thing came about, but he may benefit. They fell to the Division Four, so he's going to be in the postseason competing with the smallest group of schools, and he's one of the smaller 2A schools, but he'll be one of the uh, larger schools in Division Four. Yeah, so. they're right on the cusp of being an A school uh, in that regard in the Louisiana High School Athletic Association. So good for them, and uh, hopefully uh, – and they had a big win uh, – uh, this past, uh, I should say, they the two weeks ago they had a win. They had a tough time last Friday night against Hanson Memorial, who's been a longtime rival uh, off and on for the uh, Delcom Panthers. So, anyway, Jeff, uh, with that, let's go ahead and take our next break here on Bayou Sports. Uh, you're listening to it on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at LA Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. LA Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday night, it's Southern Jack. 
and on Saturday night, Cajun Roots. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU with half-price drinks during their games and dollar shots when they score. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Check them out on Facebook. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Hi, this is Boxcar Badger, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kang Row, and Sugar Oaks. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Monday morning uh, here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And, uh, you know, uh, we talked about uh, football with the uh, NFL uh, in our first block, uh, talking about some of the upsets and some of the surprises. Of course, the Saints with Michael Thomas's two TDs uh, lead uh, the Saints to a big comeback win. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Dak Prescott uh, goes down with an injury. Uh, the Panthers uh, lose to the Browns, and uh, with uh, Cade York's uh, 58-yard field goal in the warning seconds as uh, to rescue Cleveland pass uh, their old quarterback Baker Mayfield. Chargers and the Raiders last night as Justin Ava. Herbert had his 14th game with three-plus pass t- TDs. Uh, Patrick Mahone throws for a five uh, in that regard. So, And Justin Fields does a, a body so- surf slide on the uh, new turf uh, after they uh, win the game too, Jeff. <laughs> so. it, it was insane. The rain um, was, it was downpouring. Uh, they had a flash flood watch in effect in Chicago. I, I don't remember a lot of those growing up. I mean, we'd get rain, but not the kind of rain uh, I witnessed. And, you know, watching um, the three networks uh, and, you know, they go stadium to stadium uh, on game day. uh, And it was just pouring throughout the entire morning. Uh, They had a tarp on the field uh, probably up until about 1030. And then they eventually took it off so players could warm up. But uh, it kind of lightened up a little bit during the game, but then by the second half, it started pouring again. And, I mean, again, just like we witnessed down here, at some point you can only drain so much so quickly. That's right. But you you got to think they're wondering if they did, in replacing the turf, did they do enough with drainage? That's right. Because it was miserable conditions there. I mean, inches of rain on the field. And you know, like you said, there's you. There can only so much rain can can leave the field at a time with drainage. But uh, they could have maybe done a little bit more. I know there's some fields that just the water goes on down through, and they yeah. have a drainage system underneath the field. But uh, not sure with the case uh, up in Chicago, at uh, 
at uh, Soldier Field. Anyway, the U.S. Open, uh, as Alcaraz uh, wins, uh, along with Swiatek, I guess is pronounced the young lady's name. They uh, just, just say it with confidence yeah, and they'll believe right. you. That's right. Anyway, a lot of fans made the trip up to Flushing Meadows and uh, got their money's worth as uh, uh, Alcaraz uh, beat Casper uh, Rudd, uh, 642671. Uh, Saw a little bit six, of a three. semi-Friday night. Did not see the final. But a friend of mine who's a tennis fan, he's, he's my go-to tennis guy, Rusty, and um, he says uh, they're excited about this kid. He's 19 years old, could be the next big superstar, and obviously uh, a U.S. Open win helps uh, solidify those chances. Yeah, and uh, second youngest to win the U.S. Open, too, uh, Pete Sampras being the other young uh, uh, a tennis player to do that and he they say he's dominated all year but this was his coming out party as the big three era uh, nears its conclusion so uh, uh, pretty much uh, we'll see how he continues on for next year of course uh, in baseball uh, Pujols it's just amazing what he's done in the last uh, since the all-star break uh, Jeff you back, know back-to-back uh, dingers that's right not, that's games. right and one ties the game one wins the game and uh, it's just amazing what he's done. Uh, I really didn't have a lot of faith when he was down. Uh, I needed, what, I think maybe seven home runs in the month of September to uh, break 700 or get to 700. I, I think it was his August that was as impressive, yeah. too. Uh, I would say at the All-Star break, we both of us didn't think that he would approach 700. four home runs at the All-Star break or six home yeah. runs, something like that. And, and, and again, limited playing time. Yeah, um, mostly against left-handed pitchers. But but he has torn it up, uh, whether it's, you know, seeing so close to the end. Uh, but, but again, kudos to him. Uh, yeah. he's, he's been a standout uh, for most of his career. Had a couple of down years uh, there in uh, Los yeah. Angeles uh, with the Angels. Last couple of years there, but uh, again, just great to see it for him and the game. Yeah, basically, he's hit 10 of his 18 uh, homers since uh, August 10th, and and now he's becoming a leader to the Cardinals. You know, they were floundering a little higher than 500, maybe four or five games above 500. And since he's taken off, uh, they've blown past the Brewers. The Brewers are eight games behind him, and yeah. they've, they've had their rough points too in that regard, like the Yankees. The Yankees, uh, uh, what's keeping the Yankees afloat is Judge, you know, uh, battering the ball all over the pork right now. Does uh, he sit at 55, I do believe, uh, uh, homers? I'm trying to remember if he hit, I think he hit one over the weekend, maybe Friday. I don't think he hit any yesterday or Saturday. I'm pretty sure he's sitting at 55. Uh, but uh, he, uh, he's he got a chance. He's got around a little over 20 games left also. Um, so we'll see with Judge. Uh, I believe he's stuck on 55 right now, uh, Jeff. And he's got uh, – Yeah, he's at 55, leading the league, obviously. But, uh, yeah, 55 home runs right now. Yeah, so uh, and he's got approximately a little over 20 games left to beat that uh, – 121 RBIs. Yeah, that's Man. amazing. And he's, and he's hitting 20. 307. Yeah, that's right. He's not hitting like 240, uh, some of these guys in that regard. Uh, elsewhere, the, uh, uh, the Yankees may have gotten another boost, though. Anthony Rizzo uh, back, back up. He, he's, I don't think he was in yesterday's lineup, but he was cleared for baseball activities. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, AP Top 20 poll uh, week three, uh, Georgia jumps into number one right now as a uh pass up alabama uh they got 53 first place votes to nine for alabama ohio state's got one michigan comes in at four clemson oklahoma usc oklahoma state kentucky 
who had a big win down in uh, the swamp as they beat the Gators and uh, Billy Napier. I believe it was uh, 23 to 17, I do believe. They took down the, the Gators, and Kentucky moves into the top 10 along with Arkansas, uh, uh, rounding out uh, Michigan State, BYU, Miami, uh, coming in at 14th, Utah, Tennessee, North Carolina State, Baylor, Florida, Wake Forest, Ole Miss, Texas, uh, with their one and one record, uh, moves to uh, uh, 21st. Penn State, Pitt, who had a big win. Uh, uh, or, no, they lost to Tennessee, excuse me. Texas A&M, who had a big loss. Uh, they're one and one. They're 24th. And Oregon uh, comes in at one and one. Of course, they uh, lost to uh, Georgia the week before pretty handily. I think it was 49 to 14. So uh, that's the AP top 20 right now, Jeff. Uh, Notre Dame out of it. Yeah, that's right. Started off at fifth, taking on Ohio State and, and get beat in a clo- pretty much a close game and then uh, get upset uh, over the weekend by, I believe, uh, was it Georgia? Marshall. Marshall, yeah. Georgia Southern beat A&M over in College Station. And uh, you wonder if Jimbo Fisher. It was an Appalachian State. Oh, uh, you're right. But who did Georgia Southern? Georgia Southern upset somebody. Yeah, they did have a win, yeah. I'm trying to recall. Uh, it escapes me right now. But uh, you're right. Appalachian State uh, uh, takes down the uh, Aggies. Uh, but uh, who did uh, Georgia Southern upset, Jeff? Um, I'm scanning through. Nebraska. That's it. That, yeah, that's Nebraska. what led to uh, Frost's firing. That's right. That's right. And uh, pretty much uh, as uh, Georgia Southern, uh, their quarterback. No, you said the Sun Belt had a huge weekend. They did. Man. They did. And Georgia Southern uh, quarterback, Van Trees, throws for 400 yards against the, the Cornhuskers, 37 out of 56 but 409 yards and a touchdown while their uh, running back is 10 carries for 132 yards and two touchdowns. And Nebraska was a little over a three-touchdown pick, too, at Scott Frost this morning. Uh, don't know if he's looking for a job, but if... I, I think the $15 million buyout will uh, leave him comfortable <laughs> for the rest of this season, but yeah. And, you know, there, there was Coach O sighting at uh, the UL game uh, Is that right? uh, Saturday. Yeah, he was there with uh, one of his uh, – His son's done at McNeese, I guess. Yeah, and uh, he's over uh, – was at the UL game, uh, spotted uh, at the UL game Saturday uh, evening. So uh, uh, so he was wearing a UL shirt, a Raging Cajun shirt, a, a college shirt. So uh, Coach O uh, – Journeying the state in his free time now, uh, looking at other college football teams. He's looking at something. <laughs> That's right. Throughout the state. Anyway, uh, so uh, pretty much a high active weekend here too, Jeff, with uh, college scores, professional scores. And, of course, got a, got a Monday night game tonight as Russell Wilson goes back to his old home turf as the uh, Seattle team will take on uh, Denver uh, uh, tonight. Uh, uh, around, I guess around a 7-15, 7-20 kickoff. Uh, Denver's favored by six and a half uh, against Seattle. And it should be an interesting ball game. Uh, We've got Bob Rose today. Uh, and, yeah, Bob Rose at, uh, coming on uh, shortly. So let's go ahead and take our break. And uh, you're listening to Kane uh, Radio Bayou Sports here on uh, FM 107 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Bob Rose 
right after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday night, it's Southern Jack, and on Saturday night, Cajun Roots. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU with half-price drinks during their games and dollar shots when they score. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Check them out on Facebook. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 AM 1240. Tony Landry along with Jeff Boggs. And on the line with us is Bob Rose. Good morning, Bob. Uh, how are things going? Uh, good morning, gentlemen. I am doing well. I think my heartbeat has finally settled down to a uh, to a regular human level. I hope you both had a great weekend. Well, so far, so good. Uh, it's Monday morning, though, so we're starting another week. And, uh, Bob, uh, the Saints, a uh, whole home for three quarters. And, uh, lo and behold, uh, Jameis Winston looks like getting us a little fire on him. And Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry uh, just opened things up for the Saints. And uh, what looked like a sure loss turned into a a one-point win uh, Sunday afternoon in Atlanta. I, uh, yeah, and you were you were polite by describing the first three quarters as ho hum. <laughs> uh, I, I certainly had uh, a, a different uh, a different description for it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, there's a there's a lot of things obviously that this team needs to work on. But remember, I mean, it's only week one. Uh, you know, it's the first couple weeks of the NFL season are really just an extension of the preseason as far as the starters go, uh, getting timing down, working on your schemes and you know, game time strategies. And we saw the Saints struggle in uh, every every single level that I just mentioned. Uh, but uh, you had to be impressed by the way this this group picked themselves up off the canvas, to use a boxing term, uh, and and really. Uh, really came together down the stretch and made the plays they need to to come out with a uh, with a fortunate win. Uh, Bob, with, uh, with regards to uh, the Saints, it just looked like the you know the Saints defense came in this year with a lot of uh, publicity saying how the unit uh, looked good and they were playing well and all. And boy, the Falcons offense uh, with just uh, just took them apart, throwing and running the ball. Uh, 
course, with Patterson just uh, running for 120, and I'm not sure what he caught for in yards, but uh, he had an outstanding game through the first three quarters. Uh, yeah, and guys, that was that was probably the most surprising aspect. Uh, you know, we've seen the Saints come into Falcons games with good defenses before, uh, you know, and Matt Ryan and you know, his wide receivers. Uh, you know, it really put up some nice numbers. But like you said, that's not the way that Atlanta came at the Saints. They, uh, they, they played more physical than New Orleans really throughout the ball game. Uh, and, you know, they, they rushed for over 200 yards, 201 yards as a team. Uh, like you said, you know, Pat, Patterson looked like a Hall of Fame running back. And he remember, did. this is a converted wide receiver. Uh, you know, and, and I'm a fan of Cordell, Cordero Patterson as a player. Uh, but, yeah, he, he shouldn't be able to put up 120 yards against a, a supposed vaunted defense like New Orleans. Uh, yeah, they, they're going to have a lot to fix the Saints do on that side of the ball before they face Tampa Bay next Sunday. Yeah, Marietta uh, threw for 215 yards also, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. and didn't throw a pick in the game. And Patterson runs for 120. You think the Falcons are uh, blowing the Saints out in that regard? Uh, what uh, kind of saved the Saints? The Saints, though, uh, red zone defense did play well and kept Atlanta out the end zone and uh, allowed Koo to kick some field goals, though. Uh, yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, that, that's probably the most impressive portion of you know, the Saints' day defensively uh, was the fact that they did gather themselves in the red zone. They came up with a couple of key fumbles, uh, you know, including one late in the game, uh, deep in their own territory, that honestly it saved the win for them. Uh, the Saints don't win that game if they don't get that turnover. Uh, yeah, but you're right, they had trouble with Mariota. Uh, you know, running the football, you know, moving away from pressure, uh, you know, which was one of my biggest worries coming into the game. Uh, you know, against Tom Brady next week, you're not going to have such problem with mobility, uh, but the Saints are going to have to figure out a way to, you know, put consistent pressure on opposing backfields, get penetration against the run, and disrupt the timing of an opponent's passing game. And we didn't see much of either yesterday. Yeah, and we didn't see a pass rush from the Saints either. Uh, Thank goodness for Peyton Turner's uh, big hand to knock that blocked mm-hmm. field goal at the end. Don't know if Cool would have made it or not, but uh, he's got that kind of range. But the Saints, uh, you know, they 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 they, they allowed four sacks and uh, didn't have any sacks against uh, the Falcons. Yeah, you're right, uh, and you know, it, we did see you know, New Orleans get a little bit of pressure off the edge, uh, mainly with Carl Granderson and of course Cam Jordan. Uh, yeah, but they they failed to contain. Mariota getting outside the tackles. Uh, you know, they failed to really disrupt much uh, you know, that Atlanta had going in the passing game. Uh, you know, and you know, remember, the, you know, the Saints really needed to put pressure on Mariota because you know, after the trade of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and you know, Paulson Adebo sitting out the game with an ankle injury, they were a little bit shorthanded in the secondary, and we saw that manifest itself. Yeah, we did. Uh, the Saints' safeties had a rough game, too, not just yeah. the corners, if you, know, if you realize that. So uh, Mariota had a lot of room to run, too, at times, and the uh, Saints' linebackers uh, – Looked a little confused at times. Warner played a pretty good game. He, I think he had uh, double-digit tackles, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Saints' uh, defense, uh, when they had to stand up, uh, they did. And, of course, uh, through fate would have it, uh, on fourth and one, Mariota fumbles the snap <laughs> and kind of saved the Saints there towards the end of the game. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, And you know, back-to-back drives in the fourth quarter, we finally saw – 
uh, you know, the, the, what the Saints could potentially do defensively. Uh, you know, they, they got, you know, two, two short yardage stops. The first drive by Shy Tuttle on a running play. Uh, and then the second, like you said, you know, Mariota kind of bobbled the snap. Uh, but yeah, even if he hadn't, New Orleans looked like they got good penetration on that drive. Uh, and, and you know, the, those back to back drives, just like the fumble recovery deep in their territory a little earlier, uh, the, the Saints defense did what they needed to do down the stretch to save the game. They did. There you go. Tampa with a big win yesterday as well. Uh, Saints in Tampa Sunday at noon. Uh, any uh, thoughts on that? A preview there? Uh, it, it's it's going to be some big, big, big individual matchups across the board on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, we know that the players on these teams just flat out do not like each other. It's going to be an intense physical battle. Uh, and, you know, Tampa Bay came up with a victory in Dallas yesterday, uh, last night. Uh, yeah, but they, they weren't overly impressive doing it. Uh, you know, so it'll be interesting. Both, both teams are championship contenders still in my view. Uh, you know, so it's going to be an absolute war on both sides of the ball. I'm interested to see how Dennis Allen and that defense rebounds. Uh, and the Saints are going to absolutely have to get Alvin Kamara on track against Tampa Bay. Something else we didn't see them do yesterday. Saints have won four regular season games in a row against Tampa. Of course, they lost that playoff game the year Tampa went on to win the Super Bowl. But uh, do you take anything away from that? Uh, Is that just a, a good confidence against Tom Brady? I know I do take something away from it, and it absolutely boosts the confidence, especially of the Saints' defensive players, uh, because those four victories were largely won on the defensive side of the football. Uh, you know, Dennis Allen's crew has been able to disrupt Tom Brady, uh, you know, like no other team that we have seen through Tom's you know, illustrious career. Uh, you know, many of those same culprits on the Saints' defensive side are still there. Uh, uh, you know, especially up front. And again, you know, pressure is always the key, especially up the middle against Tom Brady. Uh, and while those safeties, uh, you know, Matthew and May are still getting acclimated to the New Orleans defense, you really have to put pressure on number 12 uh, you know, to, to throw his timing off, force him to get rid of the ball before he wants to. That's going to be the biggest key to this football game. There you go. Bob, one last question. Uh, probably could have addressed it earlier, but it was le- not, not that a roster is ever set. Uh, they change from week to week, actives, inactives, and things such as that. But um, any thoughts on those late roster moves uh, that led to Sunday's uh, 53-man? Uh, yeah, no, nothing major. You know, like you said, the, you know, the start barring, barring injury, of course, uh, you know, we're not going to see too much change uh, in the starting units on either side of the football. Uh, you know, interested to see what's going to happen with the Saints' offensive line going forward, especially those two guard positions. They continue to struggle, uh, and you know, if they do so in the next few weeks, uh, you, you might see a trade for a big name offensive lineman or perhaps some linebacker depth. Uh, because there's just there's there's none to be had to be brought up from the practice squad. Well, Bob, tell us how uh, our listeners can reach you too. Uh, guys, thank you again so much. I love being on with you Monday mornings, uh, folks. You can follow me on Facebook, Bob Rose R O S E. I'm over on Twitter at Bobby R twenty six thirteen, and all of my articles uh, and my Wednesday evening Bayou Blitz podcast can be found on the Saints News Network. Uh, or at Saints News over on Twitter. Real good, Bob. Always a pleasure. We'll look forward to recapping uh, next Sunday's game Monday morning with you. 
for sure. Have a great week, guys. Thank you so much. You uh, bet. Yeah, Bob, yeah, thank Bob you, Bob. Rose. Yeah, Bob Rose, uh, the Saints beat writer with Sports Illustrated. Uh, and Jeff, uh, as he mentioned, you know, the Saints uh, offensive line had a lot of trouble with the Falcons uh, pass rush. And the linebackers, uh, you know, uh, one of the weak links with the Saints, uh, just not a whole lot of depth there. No, no doubt. Again, uh, Saints Sunday at noon at home against Tampa. Yeah, just uh, we'll see if the uh, if the Saints can still contain Tom Brady, as he mentioned, nineteen to three over the Cowboys yesterday. Didn't look real sharp, uh, uh, and of course Dak Prescott going down. Yeah, and Fournette had a pretty good game run in the football. Uh, didn't score, but uh, did a good job. Had I think one hundred and twenty yards against the Cowboys. So uh, anyway, they come to uh, New Orleans uh, Sunday uh, at noon uh, kickoff. Anyway, today in sports history, September 12th, in 1911, future Baseball Hall of Fame pitchers duel for the final time as Cy Young and Christy Mathewson of the New York Giants, uh, 11-2 as the uh, Boston's uh, Cy Young takes down Christy Mathewson. 1914 shortstop, Roger Peckinpah, 23, becomes the youngest manager in Major League Baseball. And I wonder if he's uh, related to Sam Peckinpah. That was my first thought. (laughs) Man, that name sounds familiar, and that's what it is. Anyway, uh, the famous movie director. Anyway, 1930, Brooklyn catcher Al Lopez hits a major league uh, last recorded bounced home run. I don't know if you realize it. A lot of Babe Ruth's home runs, and that was when Aaron was trying to catch him back in uh, the early 70s. Uh, if ground rule doubles didn't exist back then, if the ball bounced over the fence, it was ruled a home run. Okay. So uh, I'm wondering how many of Babe Ruth's home runs and some of the older players, too. Uh, that rule was changed in the early 30s. So when a ball bounced in, there were no ground rule doubles. If it bounced over the fence, it was considered a home run. 1947, future Hall of Famer and uh, Mets announcer Ralph Kiner hits two homers and a Pirates 4-3 to win over the Braves in Forbes Field. It was his eighth home run in four games. Pretty yeah. impressive there. Kiner, Kiner uh, didn't play long, but he was impressive in his limited time. Yeah, on a bad Pittsburgh team, yeah. too. Really bad. Anywhere uh, elsewhere, 1953, the Brooklyn Dodgers clinched the NL pennant uh, earlier than any other, defeating the Braves 5-2. to Of course, Brooklyn goes 105-49 and that year. Of course, they lose to the Yankees in the World Series. In 54, the Indians sweep the Yanks at Municipal Stadium, the largest crowd to uh, watch a baseball game at that time, 86,563 people. In 1964, Ralph Boston, the long jumper, sets the long jump record at 27.4.5. Of course, Bob Beeman breaks that in the 68 uh, Olympics, uh, leaping 29 and 2.5 and inches. In 76, the Seattle Seahawks play their first regular season game. They lose to the St. Louis Cardinals by a score of 30-24. to 24. Elsewhere in 79, Carl Yastrzemski gets his 3,000th hit off a Yankee pitcher, uh, Jim Beatty. Uh, in 84, Dwight Gooden becomes, sets a rookie record uh, with 251 strikeouts. He goes on to register 270 that year. In 1987, Vince Coleman steals his 100th base for the third consecutive year for the Cardinals. 1988, for the first NFL regular season game played in Phoenix as the Cowboys beat the Cards. Uh, in 1993, Paul Molitor at 37 is the oldest to reach 100 RBIs for the first time in his career. In 2005, Mark Messier announces on ESPN Radio that he will retire from the National Hockey League. That's an 05, Mark Messier. Birthdays today, Hall of Famer and just a, a tremendous athlete. 1913-born Jesse Owens, four Olympic gold medals, set three world records in one day, born in Oakville, Alabama. 
Elsewhere, born on this day, 1940, Mickey Lolich, uh, outstanding pitcher for the Tigers, who won 25 in 71, born in uh, Portland, Oregon. In 1958, uh, born on this day, Wilfred Benitez, the Puerto Rican boxer, the youngest world champion at 17 years, 176 days, WBA lightweight champion, uh, born in New York City. And the quote of the day by Tommy Lasorda, Tommy Lasorda on uh, former brave Bruce Benedict's uh, uh, case with this quote. He said, Bruce Benedict is so slow that he finished third in a race with a pregnant woman. There you go. <laughs> Tommy Lasorda. Had him on the other day. Joe Gashola said, you go out to eat with Lasorda, you got to miss three games <laughs> if you're a pitcher because you're going to eat so much pasta. Anyway, that's uh, today in sports history, Jeff, September 12th. Always a pleasure. Thanks to our guests today, head coach, at Westgate, Ryan Antoine and Bob Rose, SI.com. Beat reporter for the Saints. Appreciate them joining us as always. Thanks to our, and tomorrow, by the way, Terry Martin scheduled to join us at about 8 o'clock. We'll talk about some Lauraville football uh, tomorrow with Coach Martin. But again, I want to thank our sponsors, LA Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, the Headache and Pain Center, and Schwing Insurance. Uh, big thanks to our sponsors News is up next, brought to us by David Funeral Homes, and then Lee K and the Breakfast Club continue after that. You're listening to KANE, 1240 AM, and K298CQ, 107.5 FM, New Iberia. The voice of the Tash. K-A-N-E.